Today on Better News Radio with Pastor Ricky Alcantad. Jesus offers a share of glory. Look, we are recipients of a share in the eternal life of Christ. First Peter describes it this way, that it is an inheritance, imperishable, undefiled, kept in heaven for you. You hold a ticket and everyone around you in the world will say, that's worthless. Ha! I've got a better ticket for you. But Christian, hold on to that ticket because we know where we're going. Open God, oh my soul. He is strong and he is strong to save. Open God, he's a rock in your hiding place. He's a mighty fortress. The book of Revelation sheds light on some deeply ingrained lies in this world. As Pastor Ricky points out today, Revelation speaks of the ways that the world promises to fulfill us. But the truth is that the world can't deliver on these promises. And that genuine fulfillment, for now and all eternity, can only be found in Jesus Christ. True joy doesn't come by indulging our flesh, but by dying to it and pursuing Christ instead. He's the one that satisfies us. And in the end, the corrupt world will only experience his judgment. Now let's join Pastor Ricky in the book of Revelation chapter 17 as he continues his message, The Siren Song. If you've ever seen one of those like, there's like a bazillion of them, zombie movies where some guy somehow has been asleep and he wakes up and he tries to walk through the big city and you know where there used to be billboards, like Broadway and the lights and stuff. They walk through and it is a ghost town and the buildings are crumbling and evil creatures are in the shadows and Literal birds are cawing in the air, right? This is what becomes of Babylon forever. She promises that the things she offers will last forever. No, what will last forever is the desolation brought to her. Oh, so much more we could say there. Very quickly. She also offers friends, many friends, many people to come and affirm you and love you and and support your choices. But in the end, the friends will devour you as well. At the end of chapter 17, verse 16, the, the 10 horns, the kings that you saw, they and the beast will hate the prostitute. They will make her desolate and naked and devour her flesh and burn her up with fire for God has put it into their heart to carry out this purpose. Here's the reality. The friends that the world offers around you, the friends clapping and cheering on, like, yeah, go do it. They'll be nowhere in eternity. In fact, in the end, they will be the people to turn and attack you and, and abandon you. And here's one of the things that you got to understand about Satan in the book of Revelation. Satan is not just a do-gooder that's like, he doesn't like God, so he's running around trying to help people because he's just such a big-hearted guy. He's not out to help people. He's out to destroy anyone made in the image of God. So when he offers something, you got to understand, this isn't just like a friend saying, hey, I had some, some extra meat that I cooked in the smoker. Do you want it? And you say, yeah, awesome. And you take it home. This is a guy shooting poison into the meat, handing it to you with a smile. These are no friends. In the end, they'll abandon and destroy. Fourth, Babylon offers luxury but in the end, it is worthless luxury. Remember all the fine clothes that she had as she walked the red carpet and all the pictures were being snapped? Well, 
Look at what becomes of her in chapter 18, verse 14. The fruit for which your soul longed has gone from you, and all your delicacies and your splendors are lost to you, never to be found again. Alas, alas for the great city that was clothed in fine linen, in purple and scarlet, adorned with gold, with jewels and with pearls, for in a single hour all this wealth has been laid waste. In the end, what good is a luxury apartment in the burned out rubble of a destroyed city? That's what it will be in the end. I know you probably have seen some of the images of the war in Ukraine and some of the buildings that are half destroyed. And it would be like, it's like this, somebody coming to you and saying, listen, great city, it's a great part of town, got an open floor plan, plenty of sunlight, you're gonna love it, you buy the apartment, you show up, half the building is gone, it's an open floor plan because it's been shelled and it doesn't have one of the walls, which is why it's so sunny. Right, it's worthless. It's worth, what she offers is worthless in the end. What good is a pile of the finest delicacies of life handed to you on platter after platter when you know that night you're headed to the electric chair. What good is all that food? It's just going to rot and spoil. What good is a porn magazine to someone burning to death? She offers luxury, but in the end, it is worthless luxury. I love the last, I'm kind of a, a film nerd, I love the last scene of Citizen Kane, which nobody probably under 50 has seen. But baby boomers, you guys are my people. All of your movies are my movies. And, and earlier, and this great image in the last scene of Citizen Kane where this guy with untold luxury all over his property, living alone in an empty house, in the end dies, and the last scene are his belongings being thrown into the fire. Because all the things he collected from all over the earth became no more than junk in the end. That's what, that's what Babylon offers. And so the Lord comes and says, come out of her, my people, lest you share in her sins and lest you share in her judgment. And make no mistake, church, you cannot separate the sharing in sins from the sharing in judgment. It can't be done. You might think, well, I'm in for the fun part, but not the back end, right? No, it's the same ticket. Just flip it over. Now, the question, the question then that should, I think, in a godly way haunt us is this. Are you listening to the siren song? And in fact, after I wrote that, I realized the better wording is probably, where are you listening to the siren song, not are you? <laughs> Verse 4 assumes that we will need to come out of Babylon. So I think we can assume there's somewhere in our lives that the Lord wants to put his finger on today and say, man, you think you've just been treading water, but you're being sucked out to sea. Your view of dating or relationships or money or possessions or whatever, identities, it is, you're getting sucked out to sea. You listening to the siren song? Where are you listening to the siren song? And then I want to hopefully help equip you to get safely home. Look, this passage is in our Bible, not because the... the Babylon's victory over the church is inevitable, but rather the church triumphs over Babylon. How then does the church triumph over Babylon in the end? 
right? It says in 17 verse 14, they, these forces will make war on the lamb and the lamb will conquer them for he is the Lord of lords and king of kings and those with him are called and chosen and faithful. So the church in the end will triumph. But how do we triumph? What has God given us to triumph? Well, the first thing I wanna encourage you to do is remember home. Just like Odysseus headed for home, we must remember where we are headed. One of the great things we'll see when we get to chapter 21 is that Babylon and the New Jerusalem are absolutely put side by side. Like, have you ever seen one of those websites where, where you're trying to decide, should I get this cell phone or that cell phone or this coffee maker or that coffee maker? And it has like the little list side by side, right? And so it's almost like the Revelation says, here's Babylon, here's the new Jerusalem. Here's Babylon, here's the bride of Christ. Which will you choose? Well, the choice should be easy, as we sail, as we hear the siren song, remember where we are headed. Revelation 21, just a taste of this. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. The whole kingdom of Babylon destroyed in an instant. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them and they will be his people and God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning nor crying nor pain anymore for the former things have passed away. Church, where where Babylon offers a share, Jesus offers a better share. Jesus offers a share of glory. Look, we are recipients of a share in the eternal life of Christ. First Peter describes it this way, that it is an inheritance, imperishable, undefiled, kept in heaven for you. You hold a ticket and everyone around you in the world will say, that's worthless. Ha, I've got a better ticket for you. But Christian, Hold on to that ticket because we know where we're going. We're going to a better place, a better city where the share is a share of glory, where the forever is a forever of eternal life, where the luxury is a luxurious, glorious inheritance that will never fade. And Jesus offers friends and those around us who will not abandon us. Rather, they will be gathered with us, with him forever. Look, when you begin to hear the siren song, the first thing you have to do is say, where am I going? When the mirage of Babylon begins to come up in your mind, head for home, Christian, remember that Jesus offers something far better. And then, second, head for home. Remember you're headed for home. And then second, stop, stop your ears up. Just like Odysseus's guys needed to throw some wax in their ears. I think there is a godly way in which we have to get really used to throwing wax into our ears to resist the siren song of the world. G.K. Beale says this, the worldliness both outside and inside our churches is always making godly standards appear odd and sinful values seem normal so that we are tempted to adopt what the world considers normal. What is a, a normal approach to identity and life. 
What is a normal approach to sexuality? What is a normal approach to the money that sits in your bank account? What is a normal approach to social media? Here's what I wanna urge you, Christian. Is your normal the normal of the world or is your normal the normal of God's word? Babylon will always make godly standards appear odd and sinful values seem normal. I was watching this, I don't even know how I happened to come upon this clip, but this celebrity who I won't mention was joking, he was on a talk show, he was joking about having multiple, having fathered multiple children on an immoral spree because he was having a hard time in dealing with grief. And on the talk show, everyone is laughing. The girls in the talk show next to him are laughing like, oh, that old guy, you know, fathering a bunch of children because he was sad. Like, and I remember thinking, like, I thought of this quote and I thought that, that is supposed to be normal. It's supposed to be normal for somebody to wake up and say, I just don't love you anymore. It's supposed to be normal to watch shows with softcore porn in it. It's supposed to be normal to spend every dollar and more on yourself and never think of others. That is what is normal in America. But the normal of the Bible is far different and far better. So there is a godly way in which you got to go, nope, 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 nope. And that looks like, well, looks like a lot of things. Oh, man, there's so much more I could say here. Let me just give you one more quote from Beale. He says this, as related to greed, as related to lust, as related to pride, he says this, the chief purpose of humanity, according to Revelation, is to glorify God and to enjoy him, not to glorify oneself and enjoy one's own achievements. This is the, the way you could hear the siren song is, is that siren song calling me to lift up myself to the throne? Or is what I'm listening to encouraging me to keep God on the throne? That's what we have to listen for. Okay, third. Okay, head for home, stop up your ears, lash yourself down. <laughs> lash yourself down. Man, we have got to have things in place that keep us tethered to the truth of God's word when we hear the siren song of the world. Right? Here, here's the difficulty. In Revelation, it, it's, it, it, it's so clear that the enemy and the world apes and mimics what God has made and what God has done, right? So the, 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 the prostitute, the harlot in Revelation 17 looks almost, if you squint, like the bride of Christ. The beast in 18 is described as the one who was and is and is to come almost like God. The beast has a wound that he didn't die from, almost like Jesus. And so as you're looking, like, wait a minute, wait a minute, what, which one of these is the real one? We gotta be lashed down and we gotta be able to see through these things. Otherwise, look, man, we used to go to Wattis more often, but my favorite thing in Wattis, bro, was when like, there would be like a character that looked kind of like Mickey Mouse and it would be like Ricky Mouse Panaderia or something like that, you know? And you're like, is that... It's kind of Mickey, but kind of not, you know, or like Dinosaur Park shirts. Like, kind of like Jurassic Park, but not, right? That's what, that's what the enemy and the world are doing in Revelation. You're like, ah, Dinosaur Park is kind of, no, no. How do, you, how do you see through them? You have to lash yourself down to the truth of God's word. Revelation is meant to reveal. 
And the whole Bible, in a sense, is what reveals. The whole Bible are the, is the glasses we put on to see, oh, that's Ricky Mouse, that's Mickey Mouse, right? This is the bride of Christ. This is a harlot, right? This, we need the lens of God's word, so we gotta tie ourselves down. I, I could spend like 20 minutes on this next thing, but I just wanna show you something, okay? So the wisdom pyramid. So there's an author, Brett McCracken, that came up with this. You can find this online. I think it's commendable. He has a book, like a little book that's an easy read called The Wisdom Pyramid. And I want to encourage you, you have to lash yourself down. Usually the way that we approach life, we approach it upside down, which is, right, like a lot of social media, a lot of internet, uh, the Bible at the top when we get to it, right? And he's saying, no, 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 from the lens of Scripture, you go from the clearest to the least clear, right? You go from the Bible, which you'll ask yourself to in daily reading, in memorization, and, and, and if you don't know how to read the Bible, let me encourage you, get with a Christian brother or sister and just ask him, man, help me learn how to read the Bible for myself. Those things will connect you to the Bible and connect you to the church, right? Being in this rhythm where one, it's like, look, I don't know what you feel, but I feel like this. Every week, I almost live underwater, and once a week on Sunday morning, I come up for air. So it's like, oh, <gasps> Oh, okay, all right, we're okay. And then we go back and swim in the world sea for the rest of the week, right? The, the church, and then nature could be a great way to just break the world's hold on you, right? You're like, oh, the new TV show's coming out. Just go outside and look at a sunset. The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. Nature has this beautiful, creational, general revelation thing that does to us. And just do that. Lash yourself down to the truth of God's word. All right. Last thing, sing. How do you fight the world's siren song? You remember where you're headed. You stop up your ears when you have to. You lash yourself down to the truth of God's word and with other believers, and then you sing. There's a second way to beat the sirens in Greek mythology. I wonder if anybody knows this. Does anybody know what other character or group of characters beat the sirens? There's gotta be a homeschooler in here. It was actually the Argonauts, right? The other big group of adventurers. And they had an advantage that Odysseus' guys didn't have. They had Orpheus. Orpheus, the greatest of all the ancient musicians. And their tactic was a little bit different. What they did is when the siren song came, Orpheus began to play. And he outplayed the song of the sirens. It's almost like when the sailors were tempted to drift, Orpheus would play so beautifully, it would keep everyone back on track. Have you noticed in Revelation, brother or sister, that, that they sing all the time? Everyone is always singing all the time. Have you noticed that? Because as we sing, we remind ourselves of the truth of who God is and what he has done. You could actually sing. You could meditate. What I mean is this. Your heart should sing. Your heart should see who God is, see where we're headed, see what he's done, and overflow. And if you're singing, oh, that's the safest place to be when you hear the song of the sirens. One, okay, just one example, right? When the scroll comes and the lamb comes, and, and let me just say this. Look, a message like this, I think probably every single person is going to be aware of some area of deficiency in their life or should be. The only people I'm worried about in this room are people that are like, eh, I think I'm good. I'm good. Don't have anything I need to change, right? I would love to, to pray for you at the service, really, because that's a dangerous place to be. We should all be feeling, man, oh, this area of my life has been shaped more by the world 
Or, yeah, I, I did watch that and I shouldn't have. Or I've been allowing this pattern into my life or into my family and I know I, gotta, I, I, need, to, I need to pray and ask for God's help and, and put that to death. I need to stop that. Why do we sing? Because the only thing that separates Babylon and the bride of Christ is not people who have cleaned themselves up. They are people that Jesus has cleaned up. Revelation 5, and the lamb is revealed, and the, the song of God's people is this. Worthy are you to take the scrolls and open its seals, for you were slain, and by your blood you ransomed people for God. What changes between the harlot of Babylon and the bride of Christ? Only this, the blood of Jesus buys us back from every tribe and language and people and nation, and you have made them a kingdom and priests to our God, and they shall reign upon the earth. Look, the last note, brother and sister, that you should be feeling as we end is not, oh, I'm so messed up, I'm so jacked up, I really need to change. Listen, I hope the warning has been helpful to you, but I hope, like John Newton, you will end. Who was a, John Newton was a slave trader. He was an evil man for decades, and as he lay dying, he said, I remember only two things, that I am a great sinner and that Christ is a great Savior. This, church, is what separates us. And what Revelation says to do then is sing it. Remind yourself of what God has done. Remind yourself of who you are in Christ. Remind yourself of his victory. Remind yourself of his home. Take in the word. Gather with the saints. Sing your lungs out to drown out the song of the siren until we're safely home. Amen? Let's pray. Oh, Lord, I pray that if anyone is here and is not in Christ, is not part of the bride of Christ, Lord, I pray that they would hear the invitation in Revelation, that, that you invite those covered in stains and sins to come and wash their garments white in the blood of the Lamb. Lord, I pray that there would be no one here that only would say, I'm a sinner. Lord, bring them to say the second, I have a great Savior. Lord, I pray that they would see you and believe. And Lord, I pray for all of us as a church. Lord, may we not listen to the siren song of the world around us. May we be sober, aware of the danger and the undertow. But I pray, Lord, that we would beware, be wary, learn to fight it, not so we can be better than the people around us, not so we can be self-righteous, goody two-shoes, rather but that we would desperately, longingly head for home. Oh, Lord, I pray that the song of the Lamb would resound in this place. I pray that the song of the redeemed would resound in this place, the song of the victory of Christ and the hope of glory resound. And then may it not stop. Hope in God, oh my soul, he is strong and he is strong to save. Hope in God, he's a rock in your hiding place. He's a mighty fortress. There's much more that Pastor Ricky would like to share with you, but we've run out of time for today. This has been another edition of Better News Radio, a ministry of Cross of Grace Church in El Paso, Texas. Pastor Ricky will continue teaching from the book of Revelation next time. 
For more information about this ministry or about what you've heard today, feel free to send us an email at radio at crossofgraceradio.com. If you'd rather make a phone call, you can do that too. Our phone number is 915-562-7100. We'd be happy to help you. Again, that number to call is 915-562-7100. You can also learn more about Better News Radio, Cross of Grace Church, and Pastor Ricky at our website, betternewsradio.com. All of Pastor Ricky's messages through the Bible are available to listen or download for free at betternewsradio.com. Look under the radio tab. If you notice and click on the church tab, you'll also find contact information, driving directions to the church, and details about activities and upcoming events. You'll find all of that at betternewsradio.com. We also encourage you to look us up on Facebook to find some encouraging content for your newsfeed. That's all the time that we have for today, but thanks again for listening. From all of the production team here at Better News Radio, we want to say how happy we are that you took the time to hear from God's Word today. Make plans to learn more from Revelation next time on Better News Radio.